right. What's up, world? It's Cameron Ra. Thank you for tuning in to the Upgrade America, the podcast. We are recording it right now, man. Got CJ the Day Slayer over there. It was good. Yeah, yeah. I'm back from a one-week hiatus. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes we got to take a little time out to recharge, reconnect with people out in society. Out. You know, so we back at it. What are we talking never, about today, uh, man? Never miss a step, though. You yeah. Know, still kept the episode pumping, so we're good. We want to play around with the format this week. Rather than just talk for 30 minutes straight, we're going to do something called, called the speed round. And more or less, I'm going to bounce a question at Chris. And we're going to answer these questions within two minutes. And he's going to do the same thing for me. So, without further ado, you want to get into it? Yeah, man. All right, let's do this. All right. I'm my own sound check, by the way. You good to me. Lima Charlie? Nice, nice. Okay, you're sounding good and you're coming in clear as well. All right, cool. So, my first question is, we got to talk about the latest shooting. There's, um, actually, there's two of them, actually. I know, it's, yeah. Um, this is it. I'm still processing this. Uh, moreover, I, I'm processing, um, how do you say, the approach of the, the government. Mm-hmm. You know, um, this is the terrorist act, and we need to call it that and um, start acknowledging that we're facing another, um, how do you say, another adversary besides uh, Islamic extremism. That seems to be the the stereotypical terrorist. And it's further, it's far from the truth if you're really looking at the numbers. So my question for you is, the latest, is the latest shooting evidence of an emerging threat of white supremacist terrorism? Okay, I think it's another example of white supremacy that operates in America. I don't think it's emerging. I think it's always been there. It's just now we have more ways to film it, document it, capture it um, with CCTVs on buildings and businesses to Mm -hmm. camera phones, smartphones, uh, dash cams. We got ways of seeing all this stuff now. it's just very unfortunate that this problem, how do you solve this problem? If based on FBI reports saying that there are white supremacists in every facet of society, you got white supremacists as your doctors, yeah. judges, lawyers, policemen, government agencies like FBI, CIA. I mean, so See, how do you- quite that terrifying. Yeah, so how do you root that out? If you know just like we were taught in um, our career field, insider threat. Remember, we used to have those drills. Sure. Hey, your partners, they know everything you know. So you got to outsmart them to capture them or kill them or whatever the case might be. So I think it's just, like you said, time to acknowledge this. And really, I think it's the media that doesn't do a great job of calling it what it is. Okay. Um, the covers tend to be different and biased. And I think that's we need to that's change. What I'm noticing with the memes and everything, they're saying, "Oh, if it's a if it's a Mexican, they want to build a wall. Oh, if it's uh, you know, if it's Islam, you know, then it's terrorism. We need to get more counterterrorism. If it's black, then you know, we need more police, more prisons. But with white people, they're like, oh, like we need more counseling, more mental health. Like, how could this happen? Yeah. And, um, it is. 
I'm still processing it. The only thing I do not want to occur is legislation to, that will impact the purchasing of firearms. That's always my concern after an incident like this occurs. Well, I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll see. That's my thoughts on it overall. I mean... Well, you killed it with four seconds to spare. All right. <laughs> Bing. All right. So, Alright, you ready? Let's do this. Hold on. Let me uh get my clock. Yeah, that's better. Alright, let's do this, man. Okay, I'm gonna ask you this question. Where are all the GOP candidates for the 2020 election? All the GOP candidates. Yeah, the Republican. I think that's what they tend okay, to go. So um I did comb over a brief list because I was curious on, on this subject myself, mm-hmm. and it, it seems like a lot of them are not. A lot of people aren't. They, maybe they view that Trump has it in the bag mm-hmm. and not standing up. But my understanding, there was like 13 people who were considering uh, getting in. I, I do believe Ted Cruz was one of them. Um, let me just uh, let me bring out a cheat sheet. Okay, cool. I would be uh, lying to you if I told you I knew them. Uh, by heart. Do they do? Okay, so Mo Brooks, Bob Corker, former um, former U.S. Senator from Tennessee, Tom Cotton, U.S. Senator from Arkansas, as I mentioned, Ted Cruz, Senator from Texas, Nikki Haley, former U.S. Ambassador. I mean, the list goes on and on. Mike Pence is on here, and I don't know if they're referring to uh, Trump's ticket or if he's taking a shot at it himself but this is a list from Ballotpedia. Gotcha. And okay. um, that's where that's where I pulled that up from but I don't know. Um well there goes my two minutes. <laughs> but the the grand old parties. Yeah I was about to say just finish your thought at least. The grand old party seems to have their confidence in their uh benevolent leader and it's um I don't know. I, I really, I'm not hearing a lot of static and chatter or, or, or challenges out there outside of the Democratic Party. And that is, uh, I don't know. It's, I'm not saying I'm surprised, but you're right. You, you'd think you'd hear some more uh, squawking from um, the people coming up in, in the party to, to try and challenge him. But he seems to have a pretty set stronghold. Yeah, it seems that way. I'm ready for so. Um, I didn't get invited to the Democratic debate. It's fine. I'm not mad. I'm not a Democrat. But at the same time, I'm I'm very sure that I may not get invited to the the face-off with the Republicans and nominees and, and the Democrat nominees. More yeah. or less, what I'm saying is that pres- presidential candidates outside of your, uh, your your typical popular parties they don't get to really participate in the debates. There's criteria. I think you got to get like 15% in the polls or something like that. But yeah, typically, independents don't, uh, they don't get in, in there. So what I'm proposing is that we have an independent candidate debate. And my question for you is, how would an open debate for independent candidates go? Double-pronged, what format would you use? I.e., you know how like, the Democratic debates, they had everyone lined up, and then you raise your hand, you got two minutes, all that good stuff. Like, how would you do it uh, with independent candidates? 
Give me one moment. I'm gonna hit this clock for you. Okay. Thing you're rolling. All right. I I like. Well, I'm gonna take it a step further. You know how I feel about this. I think we should abolish all the parties in the first place. Mm, I like that idea. I think we should just run on your values, like run on your platform. Hey, I want to fix the environment. Mm-hmm. I want to reduce military spending. I want to increase infrastructure spend. Whatever. Run on that. Instead of, hey, I'm Republican, I'm Democrat, I'm independent. Like, I'd rather get rid of that completely. I totally, I couldn't agree with you more. But in a, in a at least progressive world, if we were to have independent candidate debates, um, I feel like they won't be as chaotic and confrontational as the main party debates, to be honest. I think the format would be fine. I think so, with, uh, Using the Democratic format or... I think the format should be just standard debate format. Like, uh, I know they got different ways of it, but you now, know, you got group debate, or would you partner people up, or how would you? How? That's what I'm trying to get an idea of how you would facilitate it. Uh, it's tough because you want to see all the candidates, but I think that distracts you from focusing on your debate. Mm-hmm. If you have twelve people up there, I think you should do smaller groups, definitely. Um mix it up draw straws or something like that hey you debate this person then i think you should feel questions from everyday people okay i like that i, don't, I, I totally like, like that it. better because you can't really prepare for that so i think it forces you to think critically and you'll see your skills as a leader also by getting those curveball questions from everyday citizens because that's who you're governing over so I those like are my outside this is something um, I am considering on uh, facilitating is uh, reaching out to these independent candidates and you know let's have a debate do it online and you gotta think of a, a, a format to do that boom that's two minutes but I, I think that um, I totally stand with you with the abolishment of the political parties and it's Nothing is going to change if we, we stick to a bipartisan system. Exactly. Like you're you're going to have just the parties fighting each other in, in office and energy is going to be wasted rather than cooperation and moving forward. And furthermore, like for independent candidates, their voices are not heard in the media, in the mainstream media. We have an outlet where we could get everybody there. I think it would be great would show a, a, a great sense of cooperation among the candidates as well. So thank you for, uh, for that question. Alright, you ready? Do this, man. Okay, second question is what is considered a functional family in the 21st century? Meaning the everyday family, the mother, father, now you got domestic partnerships. What do you think is considered functional because you always hear a term dysfunctional family well what is functional what does functional look like i was kind of curious what you think well <laughs> i know it's a random question that's a difficult question for, for me yeah. to answer like uh, the concept of family is, is is very superficial like every family is dysfunctional to some extent mm-hmm. and um we are drifting away from the nuclear family, or at least the uh, African Americans seem to be. Um, and for those who don't know what the nuclear family is, that's supposed to be 
a family where you have the mother, the father, and then the dependents. They all live in one happy family. Don't see that a lot. Whether it's by choice, like parents just want to split up and keep it moving, or, or you know, the mass incarcerations that, that occurred from the war on drugs separating families. Um, you don't see you. There's a lot of division in, in, in the households. There's a lot of single parents. And to answer your question, what is a uh, a functional family? If you're your child is going to school, you're, you're keeping them fed, you're, you're paying their bills, and they have, have a, a healthy outlook on life, then I would arguably say a single parent or two parent that that's a functional family. Like now, a dysfunctional family is when your, your kid is not going to school, your kid is, uh, you know, they have malnutrition or, you know, they're, they're for, for some reason they're, they're getting out and they're getting involved in the criminal activities at a young age because of lack of parental guidance. And I'd arguably say that's, that's dysfunctional. But um, the tough thing about this, and I'm coming up on my time, is it's difficult to legislate that. How do you legislate? values to uh to households and communities i don't know yeah it just you know i'll tell you what made me come up go ahead i'm curious to hear what what made you what made me come up with it i was watching um the movie hobbs and shaw fast and the furious Mm spinoff And I was watching the dynamics. I'm trying not to give it away for people that haven't seen it or whatever. But I was watching each character's family dynamics from each other. What they went through, like, dealing with their families. And I made me think of this question. I was thinking about my own family. And I'm like, I think it's, we're pretty functional considering where we could be as yes. a family. It could always be worse. Yeah, so... And especially watching that movie, seeing like those families, like I'm like, yeah, we're all right. <laughs> so that's what inspired me to ask that question. I know it was kind of left field, but it was something I thought of. No, because I uh, it's a, it was a really great question because this really contributes to an, an anonymous buddy of mine. I'm not, not going to say his name, mm-hmm. but when we always argue about education, and my approach is like, you already know I want to revamp it, make it more technical things along that nature but he gives the example where mark zuckerberg and another billionaire i believe they threw about let's say 200 million Mm -hmm. at the newark school district in new jersey Mm -hmm. all they managed to accomplish was another like three percent boost in the graduation three percent 200 million and all you got is three percent boost in graduation so his view is that it's a lot of the issues are stemming from the household you know like if you got parents and they're not really looking out for the kids best interests or to pursue education that's Mm -hmm. or they're not making sure their kids are going to school that's a factor and it's like how do you legislate that without being like yo yeah or child services coming down on you yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult situation. Ultimately, yes, the parents should be held accountable for their kids' performance, but mm-hmm. it's like there's only so much you can do until like the feds come in and say, "Give me your kids." Like they're not. Yeah. Well, I don't know. 
It was I think, a discussion. I think it stems from basically real, we're real quickly. I think it stems from all the topics we've been covering in Upgrade America podcast. If you fix, at least alleviate all these problems in totality, mm-hmm. everything rises up to the top because you're eliminating Maslow's basic hierarchy of needs, right? Sure. I strongly believe in that hierarchy of basic needs as a human. It is a foundation. Like, you exactly. build upon that. Like, and it makes total sense. Like, mm-hmm. You're not going to care about food if your safety, you know, if your 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 safety is in jeopardy. Like, if it's the house is burning down around you and you're hungry, you're not gonna be like, oh, I'm I'm gonna make the sandwich and I'm gonna escape this fire. Like, no, like, your the hierarchy it stacks up because once safety is fulfilled, and then it's like food, and then well-being, and then all these things. They, it just scales up, but you're absolutely right. If your your foundation, if your base is not strong, then everything else is it's gonna be hard to build upon. Yeah, That's a great question. All right, I'm ready for the next one. Okay, boom. So this one, I I think you will appreciate. You are in the the land of hospitality. Big shout out to Orlando. Hey. Love the food, the customer service. Lord, man, it's great times, great times out there. Oh, I'm but, repping today. You know, I got the Golden Knights here, Orlando. I got my little local gear, you know, trying to blend in a little bit. Repping the hometown, though, man. But it's, Orlando is a really great city, really great future, really great technical future. But they are thriving in customer service. I'll give them that. So my question for you is, how will AI, artificial intelligence, change the pink collar industry? And as I mentioned, I had a really great conversation with my sister, and she told me what pink collar is because I was totally in the dark. Please uh, explain that again, because I'm a little fuzzy on what a pink so collar. The way she defined pink collar, and perhaps we can do this live too. Break out the trusty rusty iPhone. Okay, cool. Because my understanding, it's like services. Defined. Service industry. Yes, pink collar. Okay. I've heard of the term. I remember it in uh, college for humanities. One of those technology, some one of those courses. I remember hearing that before. So, pink collar worker is one who is employed in a job that is traditionally considered to be women's work. The term mm-hmm. pink collar worker was was used to distinguish female oriented jobs from the blue collar worker, a worker mm-hmm. in annual labor and white collar worker, a professional of educated workers in office positions. Okay. Interesting. So, I want to know what is the difference? What are types of pink collar jobs? Because she said that, like, um, she compared DoorDash, for instance, the delivery service. She mm-hmm. threw that into the pink collar, um, to the pink collar job category types. I would think that would be uh, purple, because guys and girls do that. Purple now, like all these colored collars. Uh, I just made it up. I mean, blue and, was it? Blue and pink would make purple or something like that, right? No, it's a blue and, I'm blue and red makes purple. Yeah, I, I was trying to remember. I forgot. Well, pink is a shade of red, right? What is an example of a pink collar job? So I'm just going to go to the site. Would it, would, it be a, would it be a nail technician, right? For well, like, I, I, I'm going to guess. I'm, I'm going to wait to see if I can get it up here. Okay. 
trying to think of pink color jobs. Can almost say K through twelve teacher would be kind of pink collar. Okay, hold on, hold on. Pink collar occupations tend to be personal service oriented workers in retail, nursing, and teaching, depending on the level as part of the service sector and among the most common occupations in the United States. The Bureau of Labor Statistics estimates that as May 2008, there were over 2.2 million persons employed as servers in the United States. So,、mm. so here's some、uh, here's some more. You're saying pink collar occupations include car car attendants, washroom attendants, meter maid,、uh, interior design, landscaping, education, healthcare nurses, dental assistants, dental hygienists, yeah, administration, bank tellers, bookkeepers, human resources, yeah, entertainment. So that's another thing she said as well, like actors, production managers,、um, okay, action. Things of that nature, media. So we got there's a whole a plethora of、yeah. careers, but it's I, I kind of see how it stems outside of the, of the traditional career fields. But how do you think artificial intelligence is going to affect? Let's just take the service industry. Gonna wipe it out, bro. I hate to say it, but、For、it's service, gone. I was. I can tell you, like, I really enjoyed、uh, my time with all the the nice, friendly waitresses. You know, I give you a quick that that、uh, that organic human interaction, and I, I think that's something that people will will love long after robots come and dominate this place. But you were saying, I give you an example: Chili's, right?、Mm-hmm. How you can pay and basically order from the table that little computer. Yes, I've, I've seen that. The that's an example basically of getting rid of that's AI basically roughly taking over a job. Basically, if you really didn't want to, you don't really only need the server just to bring your stuff and take your stuff away. That's it. You don't really have to interact with them. Hmm. Is that what you think it will come to? And then a little robot comes out on the tray. Yeah. They even had it. Ah、oh, man, I'm trying to even remember we were talking about bartenders. They got machines now that can mix mix drinks now. Yeah. Just- no. Glass and boom, that's done. So I think AI is gonna wipe out a lot of those jobs, like interior design. Now you can go online and look at how you want to set your house up interior-wise and all that. You don't really need somebody to do that for you. You could just pick out everything, and they can prefab it like that now. The way they're doing construction techniques and stuff like that. And then all you gotta do is just order everything, and they'll bring it like that, or whatever the case might be. You、yep. don't really、yeah. need them. So let me ask you about the entertainment, the entertainment industry. Then, how will AI affect that? That's considered、uh, to some extent to be, uh, uh, say, pink collar. I have an answer for that, but I want to hear yours first. Okay, I think that one will take longer to phase out. Than、really? everything else, yeah, everything else because you're talking about artistic, creative.、Mm-hmm. Even though I know AI can paint, draw, I've seen examples of that too, like robots <laughs> doing that. I still think that one is going to take longer because you want original stuff. Well, here, here's what I found out. Okay, they're doing. So you know, like、uh, with video games, it's pretty much you have the character, and then they're they're molding him or her in all different types of positions. It's 
they want to do the same thing with actors, right? So you're an actor, you would have a 3D scan of your body and your face and everything along that nature, then they can clothe you and put different costumes based on the different movies, mm-hmm. and then and okay. it would uh, they would use that that character for like let's just take The Rock for instance. Mm-hmm. Such and such company they they have purchased The Rock his character, so now they can mold him and use him for like a million different movies, just switching the costumes, mm-hmm. switching, and then and then now you have this character and it's nothing to do a voiceover and then how do you say the whole voice thing that's becoming more uh, back in the day the GPS voice used to be mad robotic like take a turn on this now Morgan Freeman has his own GPS does he? It's, I always, I always champion I, I, I was scrolling through something and, and I do believe I saw him he has his own GPS uh, voice he's a GPS voice now but I that's what we're that. going with, with this in the future and well since you put it that way i could see that but i still think that's going to take a lot longer than the other ones okay that time will tell but i do foresee uh more people are going to start doing what you and i are doing we're just ahead of the ball game like eventually we're going to get over a million views and it's going to start producing income but um it's going to be passive income that you know but at the same time there could be a common time where hey artificial intelligence is taking people's jobs like this is what they have to do for a living yeah you know, uh, i could see a lot of people making that transition to uh to getting into blogging to getting into podcasting to getting into more unconventional jobs because uh, artificial intelligence is is killing the conventional workforce yeah something to consider all right. Next question. You ready? Let's do it. All right. You're going to like this one. This is in your wheelhouse. <laughs> um, how much technology should we use in human bodies? Now, is this a question of legislation or ethics or personal opinion? Uh, you can mix all of them in there. Okay, cool. You're absolutely right. This is a, a subject that I do find fascinating. And um, personally... There's no limit of technology that we're going to put into the human body. In current events, are you familiar with Elon Musk, Elon Musk neural link? I briefly probably ran across it somewhere. So this is a microchip that they're going to put into the base of the skull. The implants are thinner than a blood vessel. So when you put it in, it won't um, even pierce the, the blood vessel. It'll go into your brain. So here's the cool thing about this. This will allow people, right now they're ex- experimenting with it for people who have like severe um, disabilities. You know, yeah. it's allowing them to text with their minds. So that mm. means you're taking data from your mind and putting it into a device, which is cool and conceptually. And then you, you have to consider where it's going to go in the future. Their objective is to get this thing to where it's as convenient as getting LASIK surgery like hey I'm gonna get my chip in my brain okay lay down this you'll feel a slight sting okay cool but um that's just the beginning of this of us interfacing and and meshing with with this machine it who knows where it will it will go in the future I'm concerned because once again it's like it's one thing for you to crack my phone and have all my my data and all the naked pictures that women send me 
it's another thing for you to to crack my mind and you know and, and get in there and that's essentially where we're going so as a person as a tech enthusiast i am excited about this where we're going with this new technology as a potential legislator um we gotta establish some guidelines on um how we're going to govern this technology and and, and keep people safe and and secure um but yeah i can go on for this for hours i, I didn't hit the timer as i know i'm past two minutes but i just want to throw this out there time left the the ultimate goal since the dawn of time was to live forever everyone was looking for the fountain of youth uh and, and, and things of that nature, the holy grail, but they want to live forever. And ultimately, transmitting your consciousness to a machine is the, the, the final objective. Like, people are going to shed the, the, human, the human shell and, and become machines and, and do that. But there's, they're talking about people who want to live in databases, create societies. It, it's, it's crazy when you really think about it. But to answer your question, there's no limit, man. They're going to run with this until the the stars burn out <laughs> yeah that's your, that's your time but yeah man i i'm kind of actually surprised at your response somewhat i didn't expect that i'm debating on it because here's the thing and they they gave a really great analogy like you know you got a couple of guys who look like i don't have a smartphone i'm off the grid you could arguably say that they are to a degree they're handicapped if we have to ask say we're fact checking and I'm like, yo, Chris, like, I think XYZ is really like this. I don't know. Let's just say that the height of the Burj Khalifa Tower or something like that. Like, we can have readily access to that information. The person who doesn't have a smartphone, they don't have a GPS, so they can't get around, you know, with a... They're, they're slightly handicapped. I yeah. do believe there's going to come a time where if you don't have this chip on the back of your skull you're going to be uh, not slightly but substantially handicapped you're talking about a human being who now can do computer processing computations far faster than uh, than a person without it a person who can access information who can actually manipulate computers with his or her mind that's going to put them far advanced than the, the typical person and um, I I don't want it for several reasons as I mentioned like the privacy issues but then there's even uh, um, if you look at biblical prophecies and, and the mark of the beast and everything it, it's beginning to sound very much like that but this is uh, the future that we're, we're, we're getting into man 2020 is going to be a hell of a year oh man alright hit me what you what, what you got I may have exceeded my question so let me double check Oh, I think, yeah, I think we're done with the questions, man. Oh, please, um, everyone, if you could like and subscribe, hit the little bell below, and I'll let you know every time we drop some new content. We really appreciate it, and uh, thank sure. you for listening and watching. So, yeah, leave any feedbacks in the, the comments below. If we're doing horrible, please let us know, and we're continuously upgrading our beloved podcast but we can't do it without your thoughts without your feedback so yeah let us know in the comments below thanks for tuning in catch you on the next episode peace